Welcome to Central Line, the AHA podcast. This is the official podcast of the American Animal Hospital Association, dedicated to simplifying the journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine for every member of the veterinary team. Here's your host, Dr. Katie Berlin. Hi, welcome back to Central Line. I'm Katie Berlin, and I have a special guest today, which I say every single time. Every guest is special, but Dr. Courtney Campbell, I have wanted to meet you for a long time. I see you on social media all the time, but we have never actually met, like shook hands until about an hour ago. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that we've never met before in person. I like to refer to these people that who are friends through socials. I call them my meta friends Uh, because it's like, we. I know you exist in real life. Yes. We've never spoken in person, but yet still we're friends. And I've met outstanding people through all these organizations like that, where Mm -hmm. we develop a rapport and then it's like, but, and then people will ask you, it's always funny when people ask you, so how long have you guys known each other? And you're like, oh, I just met them five minutes ago. Yeah. They're like, how is that possible? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's one of the best things about getting older too, is like you really know your people when you meet them. Yeah. You know if they're going to be somebody that you click with or somebody that you just don't really have all that much to say. To. Yeah, yeah. And um, that doesn't happen often in this community though, I have to say. It doesn't because we know that there is a commonality. So I, that's why I'm like, you know, I, and I mean this genuinely, I'm not just saying this because there's a mic microphone in front of my face, mm-hmm. but I'm just so privileged and grateful to meet you and Same. like see you in yeah. person. Uh, because for me, it's a, it's an honor that we get a, a chance to share conversation yeah. because as I get older, what I'm realizing is how precious your time is. Yeah. You know, uh, of course, when you're super young, you think a lot about finances because you don't have much. You're mm-hmm. a student and you're just scraping ends by, right? So finances become, you know, really important in your life. I'm not going to say they're not. Right. But as we get older, you realize just how important people, time, relationships are. Yes. I also think one other element, too, besides just getting older, is that those lived relationships, those lived experiences and those relationships that you've had are so critical to contextualize the relationships you're having now. Essentially what I'm saying is whether or not you've had a negative experience, consider it an investment. And the return on that investment of having that negative experience is the, the return on that investment is meeting an outstanding person. Yeah. Because as you're meeting that outstanding person, not only are you recognizing them for being so awesome and for being so cool, you're also recognizing them in context to the yeah. some of the people you met who haven't been so cool, right? So that's no, true. Yes. Yeah. It's all everything's relative. Right. And yeah. We all have a long by the time we get to be, you know, adults. There's a history. Yes. Yeah. That history, it helps us get acquainted and it's important to get upfront and close to that history. Think mm-hmm. about ways that we could have improved as a person. Mm-hmm. Think about ways we could have improved that interaction, right? And as we get close and intimate with that history, then the rewards of that, the rewards of that are these tremendously gratifying experiences with great people. But you can't have, in my humble opinion, you can't have those gratifying experiences without being super acquainted with your history, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And kind of owning it. Yes. Own it. Yeah. And yep. it's tough sometimes. So, and sometimes the, the toughest experiences are where we learn the most. Yes. Yes. And yeah. you learn it as you go, but you don't realize it till later. 
Sometimes with therapy. <laughs> right, right. Lots and lots, <laughs> lots of, therapy, of therapy. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, I've, I've talked this through. But you know what's interesting too? And, and this is my, you know, uh, my opportunity to be vulnerable here and just admit that I have met so many people mm -hmm. who have had therapy mm -hmm. and you can tell or have gone to therapy or currently in therapy. Mm -hmm. You can tell because the work that they've done on themselves yes. is so self-evident, yes. right? And my admission here is that I don't currently have a therapist, right? Mm. And I haven't been to therapy, but I'm open to it, right? Mm -hmm. And I would love, I would absolutely go to it. And I know you're probably going to roll your eyes, but it's like, I just haven't had time, right? No. I haven't had time to find one. But everybody who I met who had either is enrolled in therapy, has gone to therapy, uh, believes in therapy, you can tell because the work they've done on themselves has been tremendous. I think that's so true. And I I don't think therapy is the answer for everyone. I mean, I, I took 44 years too long to go to therapy. Right. But I think, but now I have a therapist and, um, it's work, man. So I also get why people don't have time. Like sure. it doesn't just take the hour appointment and you can do it virtually now. So it really is just an hour, you know, sure. but it's not like an hour that you can fit in between meetings or like before, you know, right on your way to like a 10 hour day at work. Sure. Like you don't just have your conversation and then it's done. Sure. Like you have your conversation and your brain is thinking about it on the way up to the conversation. And then after the conversation, your brain is trying to process everything you talked about. And maybe sure. you're sad or you dredged up stuff that you were like, I never wanted to think about that again sure. in my whole life. Yeah. And it's very hard. And if it's fun, you're probably not going deep enough. Yeah, no, so. I get you. It's a, and it, it, you know, there's analogies there a little bit to exercise. You know, mm -hmm. some people are like, oh, what's your favorite exercise to do? Well, chances are if it's your favorite, that's not where you're having the biggest growth, right? Right. If you're on the Stairmaster and you're like, I love Stairmaster, you're probably not going fast enough, right? That's you know what I'm saying? I do so, not love. Does anybody love this? Nobody does, right? And so I'm not saying you need to hate it, but it certainly there needs to be just a, a scintilla of discomfort there. And, um, you know, I certainly I love what you said, particularly about the fact that it, it, it can be hard. And mm -hmm. here's why I love what you said. Because the word mental health, uh, mental wellness, and mindfulness are certainly buzzworthy words, and they warrant their fair share of attention. But a lot of times, we don't get a chance to talk about the nuances, mm. the details, uh, the nitty gritty where the rubber meets the road about mental health, right? We say, hey, it's important. I agree 100%. But talking about the fact that, uh, according to my friends, you're not going to find the best therapist right off the bat. Mm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes yep. it takes a few attempts. A couple of things you just said about it being hard sometimes, dredging up old memories, mm -hmm. it being challenged, a time commitment. These are all really critical things, in my opinion, to talk about because it's much easier just to say, yeah, mental wellness is important, yep. particularly in vet med. But let's talk about the details, right? So yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And money. I mean, right. you yes. know, copay, you know, if you're lucky enough to have insurance cover it, then cope, like my copay is $45. I gotta pay $45 every two weeks to see right. a therapist. Is it worth it to me? Yes. Mm. Am I lucky enough to have $45 every two weeks to spend on this therapy? Yes. Right. And not everybody is. And so, um, definitely it's a, it's much more complicated than just like everybody should have a therapist. Yes. Um, but everybody should have something yes. that helps you get out of your head a little bit. Um, it's funny because therapy gets you into your head. And I don't believe that 
I used to say running is my therapy. Okay. This is a big fat lie. Like <laughs> okay. running is not therapy. Okay. Okay. Running Tell is, me why it's not therapy. Running was escapism. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Running away from something literally and figuratively. Yes. yes. But, it, you know, running could help you solve problems, but it's not showing you things that you might need somebody else with training yeah. to sort of hold the mirror up for you. That's such a great point. But it definitely does help with mental health for me. Yes. A hundred percent. Like running the gym, you know yoga, all of that stuff that's really important to me. And I've met a lot of people through the running community also. Do you have like a third space where you don't have to be Dr. Courtney Campbell, Yeah, you know, and you just, you don't have responsibilities other than just to let yourself be there. Certainly exercise is there. Mm -hmm. You know, I tend to engage in exercise that requires the maximal amount of mental focus, mm. right? And so uh, endurance sports are fun, but I do allow, and this is, is tough for me, I, I do allow some thoughts about work, life, yeah. and those sorts of things creep in while I'm trying to get through this endurance activity, whether it be seven, eight miles, right. whatever the case is, I'm thinking about other stuff. Now, if I'm sprinting uphill several times on <laughs> interval training, I'm not thinking about anything else, no. but you got to get your breath back before you collapse, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I'm trying to pick up something very heavy or, do, you know, press it off of my shoulders, if it's so heavy that I'm only thinking about that and I need to get this off of my body's, otherwise my chest caves in, I'm not thinking about, well, you know, somebody, Tommy said this to me yesterday at work. All I'm thinking about is that hour mm -hmm. is that. So, yes, it, it goes by different names, high intensity training and all of those sorts of things. But whatever high intensity is for you, that's tr what I try to do because for me, that's what takes my mind off mm -hmm. of anything else. You know, mm -hmm. I used to... I used to have uh, a, a bunch of buddies who were veterinary technicians. Shout out to veterinary technicians. Just amazing. Okay. And on every Sunday, they used to be like, hey, Courtney, let's, uh, you want to meet in my garage and we'll put on some boxing gloves and, and we'll, we'll get a chance to spar each other, you know. Now, fortunately, I have had, you know, decades and years of experience uh, sparring, but like they were soccer players. Right. So for me, what's interesting about combat sports or any sort of boxing or anything like that, wrestling, anything you do, jujitsu, is that it also tends to do that. Mm. You aren't thinking about anything else if you are in um, some sort of combat athletics and, you know, take your choice, whatever it is. Uh, if, you, if you're being punched, you're not thinking, huh, I wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow. No, you're thinking about I got to defend myself. So if shout out to anybody who does whatever it is, jujitsu, wrestling, boxing, whatever it is, if you're in some sort of combat sport, you know it takes 100% focus. You got to be in the moment. You got to be in the mm -hmm. moment for sure. And I'm sure the case is with lower impact sports like yoga, Pilates, and stuff like that. Do you currently do that or no? I do. I taught puppy yoga here. Wow. That was really fun. This is huge. This I mean, huge. teaching puppy yoga is like, you know, they're there for the puppies. Of course. Of course. But also it was on the roof. Um the pool deck here at the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego at dawn. Like right. it did not suck. Okay. But, um, but yoga is tough because the whole thing is being in the moment, you know, and trusting your body, but there's also nothing to distract you. You're not trying to run, you know, push a rock up a hill or sure. pull a, you know, sled that weighs a bazillion pounds. <laughs> right. And I've done those sports and mm -hmm. I think there's phases in life too. And I used to be in a pushing phase. Yes. I used to want to push, push, push and like hit classes and boot camps. Yes, and like, yeah. I used to teach P90X live. Did you, know, you really? P90X? Dead. Like just that dead. 
But, That's, and it was, it was amazing. Yes. And I don't want to do that right now. Right. I'm in, a, I'm in an allowing phase now. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Talk to me about allowing, and not to ask you the question, but I'm fascinated to That's know. Fine. But talk to me about that allowing phase yoga and how animals are integrated. Because listen, there's mm. going to be people who get a chance to hear us right now or like, okay, this goat yoga, cat <laughs> yoga, dog yoga. Yeah. What is all of that? That's a bunch of nonsense. Why are you integrating animals in yoga? And to somebody who's uninitiated, to somebody like myself, who I think I've tried yoga twice, mm-hmm. right? So I know nothing. Yep. Break it down for me. What is the point of integrating? And you know how much I love animals, right? Yes. So you know I'm pro animals. Yes. What's the point of integrating animals in yoga? So I have to say I was a big skeptic of things okay. like goat yoga yes. for a long time. But I also didn't really love yoga at that time. Like uh, it was the pushing phase where I was like, if there's goats there, what are you actually doing? You know, <laughs> right. playing with the goats. Right. And right. like, what if they climb on you when you're on the ground? Like they're sure. real pointy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, what you were saying earlier that like, if you're smiling during a workout, you know, if you really enjoy the Stairmaster, it's <laughs> right. probably not like, probably you're not doing it quite hard enough. Right. And I think because Stairmaster is a building pushing workout yes. if it, because it's not a joy workout. No. Like you're doing it to build strength and muscle Absolutely. and um, injury prevention, all the things. 100%. But like to me, there are workouts that are just for joy. Yes. And, you know, I teach a dance fitness workout. That's joy. Like if you're worried about how many calories you're burning, burning or like if your thighs are going to be smaller, if you do this for a year, you're not doing the workout. You're, you might as well be on the Stairmaster. Right. But to do dance and to do yoga, I really feel like those workouts are about joy and about saying like, this is something my body can do and I'm celebrating it. And yes, maybe I want to get better at it or I want to be able to do something else better. And so I'm trying to build endurance or strength for that. But like you appreciate what your body can do during those workouts because at the end you feel joy. Yeah. And I think that's what the animals have to do with it. Got it. Got it. It's really hard not to feel joy when you're doing downward dog and there's a puppy, like you're upside down and there's a puppy right. sitting there. Like there was one guy, uh, the, actually the Aunt AHA accredited practice of the year owner, um, shout out to Upper Arlington nice. uh, for winning the APOY okay. award this okay. year. This is um, huge. He was in the front row of puppy yoga and he went into child's pose at the end, which is where his head's like, you know, there's kind of in a crouch position with his head down on the mat and a puppy just came along and sat on it. Oh. And it was the cutest thing. And everybody was like, oh, my God. You know, and then he couldn't get up until the puppy got up. Of course. Up. You're right. It's like, yeah. it's like those people who are getting in bed and yeah. they sleep on a corner of the bed because yeah. they don't want to disturb their dogs. Right. That was me. Yes. I had a big day. Yeah. Exactly. You know how it is. And mm-hmm. so if you're doing down, what is it, child's pose, and then yeah. a puppy sits on your head, you're not moving. No. You're you not moving. you got to just wait. And the puppy's going to move as a puppy. Yes. But I feel like that joy of just watching those puppies sort of cavort around while we were enjoying this beautiful morning on the roof. Yeah. That, to me, is the essence of yoga. That so. is really cool. I, I hear I thought essence of yoga was the state of being comfortable in, dis, in, in discomfort or the state of being comfortable in mm. uncomfortable states. And you're saying, no, you can uh, enjoy your workouts with joy. And listen, for anybody who's thinking or listening to this, it makes sense now when you walk by those Zumba classes mm-hmm. and you see they are packed, packed. full. It's because of what you said. Some workouts 
are just about joy, right? Yes. Now, have I ever done Zumba? No. <laughs> Am I open to Zumba? Absolutely. All right, should Bali we, X. We're doing, that's what I teach. Bali X. Bali X. Okay. Conference. Should yeah. we should we incorporate puppies into Bali X? Why not? Right? Connexity 2022. There we go. There was. Oh, really? You did that. The puppies had to be corralled during the dancing okay. because, like, they could get stepped on. Of it's course. A little messy. Right. You know, there could be poop and. Sure. So, yeah. but yeah, generally speaking, I think. Any of those workouts that are about the joy of movement sure. and connecting with your body, you could easily incorporate animals into those too. You know what's interesting too, and this is something that uh, I noticed recently after I had a, a bike fall, is that you don't recognize, or a lot of times, sometimes the privilege of body movement is lost on you, where mm -hmm. you're like, I don't want to work out today. I don't yeah. want to do this today. Then all of a sudden, like I did, where I fall off my bike, I have a bad sprained wrist and I can't pick up a kettlebell. I can't pick up a dumbbell because I can't make a fist. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that peace or that joy mm -hmm. is removed from me. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, and people always say, yes, you don't recognize what you have until it's lost, mm -hmm. right? That That's like, it's axiomatic to say that. Yes. But it's very true when you're dealing with health and fitness is that you just don't realize what a privilege it is to have movement yeah. until something takes that movement away. This AHA podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit understands that all veterinary teams are busier than ever. To help patients get the care they need, the Care Credit Health and Pet Care Credit Card allows clients to access a budget-friendly financing experience anytime from anywhere on their own smart device. They can learn, see if they pre-qualify, apply, and even pay if approved, all on that smart device. With just a tap, they have a friendly, contactless way to pay over time for the services and treatments their pet needs, whether it be a general, referring, or specialty hospital, as long as they accept the Care Credit credit card. Yeah, totally true. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's true Like about, I mean, we, we have so many discussions now about burnout and mm. attrition, you right. know, having trouble finding qualified team members and all the things. seems like people are kind of reluctant to recommend the field to others. Right. But you, in your social media anyway, and when you talk to people, you know, to lay people, people who are not in the veterinary community about veterinary medicine, you seem full of joy and you really seem grateful that this is something that you get to do. Yeah. And it seems like a get to for you and not a have to. And I feel like that's what you're talking about is that moment where you're like, oh, like, no, maybe I didn't want to work out on Tuesday, but I could. Yes. I yes. got to. I got and to. And there was nobody holding a gun to your head that said you had to. No. Um, do you feel like you take that get to versus have to attitude to work with? With you and that's one of the reasons you love it so much? That's a great question. I mainly think about your how, right? I think that there's been a lot of attention towards your why. Why are you doing this, mm. right? And I think that for a lot of us, our why is, uh, you know, a it, it's common, right? Mm -hmm. We 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 all of us in some shape or form have a an affection towards improving a human animal bond, working on behalf of the animal, advocating on behalf of animals, advocating behalf on health, uh, the human animal bond con in, in connection. But how do you do that? And your how is aligned with the person that you are. So if you tend to be that kind of person where um you're very analytical, mm -hmm. then your how may be veterinary forensics, it may be veterinary research, it may be veterinary 
um, you know, anatomic pathology. Mm -hmm. If you tend to be um, more of a doer, then you say, well, uh, how do I improve that human-animal bond? Well, you turn out to either be a veterinary surgeon or you're inventing something or you're in uh, orthopedic fellowship or something like that. So for me, I feel like the commonality for all of us is that we're all working on behalf of improving human-animal uh, relationships, family-pet relationships, human-animal bond. The question is, how are you doing that? And is that aligned with who you are? For me, fortunately, my how and how I'm doing that is aligned with who I am. Mm. Uh, certainly uh, advocating on behalf of young people who are interested in the field of veterinary medicine, that really fills my cup. Mm. Veterinary surgery does, in, in looking for innovative techniques, that also fills my cup. And then teaching and speaking, that also fills my cup. So for me, as long as it's my how is aligned with who I am, then that makes me feel good. That makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, we don't talk about the how that much. Like the how is in Simon Sinek's, you know, like start with why. Yes. The how is like secondary and, you know, it's, you shouldn't worry so much about the how. Right. Um, as long as you have the why. But the why isn't what you're facing every single day when you go to, sure. to work. No. And uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I yes. Yes. Yeah. My overall mission hasn't changed in vet med, but going to a general practice every day, you know, working my appointments, doing my surgeries, coming home, that was the wrong how. Yes. And I don't regret having done it, but I don't want to go back to it. Right. My how now is so different, but I feel like this is where I can actually contribute because I'm happy every day and I'm motivated to go to work. Right. And I, I like the way you put that because the reality is if you asked me my why, uh, I could probably give you a pretty cogent answer. Mm -hmm. And if I asked you your why, you would give a, a cogent answer. Uh, there's a chance that e one of two things, either, well, I guess three possibilities. One is that our why would be very similar. Mm -hmm. The second option, the second possibility I look at is that our whys as we're saying them are a little bit different, but I don't disagree with your why. I'm like, oh, right. that's, that's mine too. My that's my, also yeah. my why. And then I guess the third possibility, which is kind of would be that they're totally divergent. And we don't agree, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that it's likely one or two in mm -hmm. the fact that when I ask you your why and you say it, I'm going to say that's mine, or I'm going to say, you know, that's not the way I put it, but I agree. Totally. So now that we're both aligned on our why, the question becomes, how are we going to execute it, right? Mm -hmm. If you say to me, Courtney, I just really like improving the human animal bond and advocating on behalf of the animals. Like, oh my God, and, me too. Right. And me too. But you say, you know what I do? I have this amazing podcast where people get to hear about their experiences and lifestyles of veterinary medicine. And that's how I do it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I, I have the same why, but I do mine through, through surgery. You're like, oh, we have two different styles of execution. Yes. But our why is the exact same, you know? That's so true. Yeah. And surgery would never be my how. <laughs> It'd never like, be your absolutely how. Absolutely right. not. Cannot do that. Oh, um, I mean, I've, I've done plenty of surgery. Of course. And it was not brave. And it was the surgeries that I knew, you know, I just knew how to do them. Right. And even then when something went wrong, I would basically lose 10 years off my life. Right. So that is not for me. Oh, Emergency that, medicine. That bead of sweat oh. that pops up on your forehead and your toes start curling oh and everything. Yep. You're like, oh, geez, this is not going the way I want it to go. Mm -hmm. like, is my boss in the building? Yes. Can she come in here? Like, can she come in here right now? Of course, of course, because that square, uh, what do you want to call it? That, that square 
uh, inches, six inches in front of your yep. face is your reality. Yep. And people outside of that reality don't quite understand what's happening right. in that your reality can change in a heartbeat. Yep. So as you know, your nurse anesthetist is talking to you and they're in a good mood because they just went to a nice concert last night and they're talking to you about it. Uh, that's great. But then your reality, your reality has just changed a second ago. Yep. And now, even though you're in the same room, less than a foot apart, you two are having two totally different experiences. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yes. Um, and then the, the poor technician, when you're like, go get Dr. Wade right now. <laughs> right. Like my, my former boss, Dr. Lisa Wade, shout out, because she never would come and be like, what? <laughs> she would come and be like, okay, what's going on? You right. know, and she's already like scrubbing. Right. Um, <laughs> She's like, I'm going to have to come in no matter what. Yeah. It's not going to be just a peek. It's going to be, uh, you know, a peek and, and give some advice. It's going to be, like, I'm going to need to scrub in. Right. This, and yeah. like if the veterinary te technician comes out and is like, Dr. Wade, you need to come right now. Right. Then it was going to be a scrub in situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And if I, you know, if I, um, you know, if I get quiet, you know, that's oh. sort of, also too, you know, with that, that phenomenon where if you're looking for a certain address, you turn down the radio. It's like, that doesn't <laughs> yes. help you see the street signs yep. any better. Cause you turn out same thing in surgery. It's like, uh, okay, if I turn off the music, yep. well, that's not helping the bleeding situation, right? But no. I, in all seriousness, though, of course it helps your concentration, right? Yes. And your focus. And plus, if it's like Disney, yes, yes. then that's a problem. No, like, I don't right. want Disney while I'm looking for bleed. Exactly, exactly. We don't yeah. talk about Bruno. You're like, no, okay, we've no, got to yeah. figure out something other than this. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, well, so I had some questions to ask you, and I'm yes. not going to ask any of them because I like this conversation better. Okay. All um, right. I feel like this is a person, more personal conversation sure. with you than, um, than a lot of people get, and I'm really, I feel really privileged to have had it. Oh, I'm, I feel overjoyed, and I don't even know the time. I'm not even thinking about time, <laughs> but I know it flew by. Yeah, it yes. did. It and really so did. I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you and to meet you in person, and all of it is happening all at once. I know. Yes, and, um, and it's the end end of a very busy conference. It is. Two long days of talking for you because you were helping with the Pathway event for Blend yesterday sure. and um, and then a whole lot of lectures today. Mm. So I really appreciate you sticking around to do this. Of course, of you course. are closing out this Central Line recording um, session here at AhaCon. So I, I couldn't thank you more. Well, thank this you. is great. And um, I hope that they uh, saved something for last. Yeah, you know, I don't want to say the best, but no, some, I mean, there were a something. lot of good people. A lot of good say. people. Okay, yeah. they saved something for last. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Courtney Campbell. Thanks so much. And thanks to all of you for listening and watching. We'll catch you next time on Central Line. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Central Line, the AHA podcast. If you love what you hear, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. For more resources to help you simplify your journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine, we invite you to visit aha.org. That's A-A-H-A dot O-R-G.